Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we lift up our praise to you knowing that you inhabit the praise of your people. So we claim that promise and we acknowledge your presence here with us. God, I pray that that you, Holy Spirit, would cut through the fog of task lists and anxieties and needs, struggles, depression. I pray, Lord, that we would experience your presence this morning. Lord Jesus, you promised us your peace. And I pray that we together will feel that, experience that in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. Lord, we know that you are at work in this world. You are at work in our lives. You are authoring our stories and that we can trust you with all our hearts. We don't have to lean on our own understanding. You're gonna make the path straight. Our future is secure. Eternity is ours now and forever. In you and through you, Lord Jesus, we can have peace. So teach us, help us to learn how to experience that, especially in the moments we need it. And together with our praise, we pray to you the prayer you taught us to pray. And if you don't know it, the words are on the screen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. You may be seated. Philippians 4, once again, we're wrapping up our series on how joyful people flourish and think. And uh, we're gonna be there if we've got the Philippians 4 slide, slide number six, you can put that up on the screen. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, would like to grab one, there's a cart right behind the sound booth there. You can get up right now and go grab one if you'd like to do that. We, uh, it's kind of ironic, we finish up the series today with the, the subject of God's peace. And it's funny how God works that the last, this last week has probably been the most stressful week of my entire career in business. And it was almost as if God was saying, all right, Tom, you're preaching this on Sunday. Do you really believe it? All right, God, all right. I didn't need, you know, I didn't need the, the lesson, but apparently I did. Anxiety is everywhere. Have you noticed this? I was just 
reading, I just grabbed some, Wendy and I um, have a couple of news uh, outlets that we, that we focus on to stay aware of what's happening in the world. And just this week, here's um, some things that I learned. By the way, 20% of, of adults in America have anxiety disorder. Among Generation Z, it is uh, almost, a, it, it is at epidemic levels, uh, with especially kids in their teens and 20s. Uh, so here's just one, again, this, I just, I literally searched, and these, for, these are all articles that I read this last week, Wendy and I read. Climate change obsession is a mental disorder now. According to the World Health Organization report last year, the very awareness of climate change and extreme weather events and their impacts may lead to a host of ills, including strained social relationships, anxiety, depression, intimate partner violence, helplessness, suicidal behavior, and alcohol and substance abuse. A study of 20, in 2021 of 16 to 25-year-olds in 10 countries, including the U.S., reported that 59% were extremely worried about climate change, 84% were at least moderately worried, and 45% claimed that they were so worried that they struggled to function on a daily basis. The very definition of anxiety disorder. In a New Yorker magazine earlier this month, published a 4,400-word piece titled, What to Do with My Climate Emotions. It was by a woman in the throes of such a neurosis. Quote, it may be impossible to seriously consider the reality of climate change for longer than 90 seconds without feeling depressed, angry, guilty, grief-stricken, or simply insane, she writes. A couple of years ago, reading a climate report on my phone in the early hours of the morning, I went into a standard-issue emotional spiral thinking about it all, she recalls. We had also recently had a baby whose carbon footprint likely already exceeded that of in the entire villages in Burundi. I was playing whack-a-mole with my consumer desires. Then, uh, this one was just sort of interesting. Parents are getting obsessed with their children's photos at camp. It's a true thing. In fact, uh, Stacy Fleischman says those thoughts, when parents see the photos from camp, they get worried and anxious. Some mothers claimed that it was like an addiction to her. The first thing she did in the morning was look on her phone to see if her children were okay at camp. Quote, those thoughts build anxiety and they run away with you, she said. They can make a parent who isn't anxious become anxious. So six years ago, the clamor from parents, there's a, actually a camp that now makes sure that there are photos uploaded every day of every camper, at least two. They have videographers. They live stream kids' activities so that parents at home can see them. The clamor from parents about what they saw in the camp photos prompted an email that revealed some of the questions from mom and dad. My son isn't smiling. Please go back and take another picture of him smiling. Can you please make sure she knows that the blue tank top with the stripes is to wear at night, not during the day? 
Why is my son standing on the outskirts of the group? Do those boys not like him? Siegel and her staff now remind parents that if there is a serious concern, they will be in touch. Otherwise, she advises them to embrace the philosophy that no news is good news. And then this one might be my favorite. This is a, uh, from a doctor, a physician, who has a clinic that deals specifically with anxiety disorder. And he writes this article saying, in response to the country's anxiety epidemic, an influential panel of doctors appointed by the US Department of Health and Human Services recently published a new set of guidelines. All adults, they recommended, should now be screened for anxiety by their primary care physicians. As the founder of a large clinical practice focused on anxiety, I stand to benefit from increased referrals. And yet, I have been lying in bed at night with growing worries that this policy will compound our anxiety epidemic. In other words, that's the name of the article. Screening for anxiety will only make us more anxious. <laughs> now, I, I don't, I, again, I don't want to belittle this because anxiety is real, and anxiety disorders are real, and depression is real, and mental health issues are very, very real. And we need to be in prayer for those in our midst who are struggling with those disorders. I don't mean to diminish it. This is a very real struggle for people. And it is at epidemic levels. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, what I want us to hear this morning, I want you to hear this very clearly. Jesus wants you to experience peace. In John chapter 14, he said, verse 27, he says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. He said this to his followers on the night before he was to be crucified. I'm leaving you my peace. And my peace is not like what the world gives. So as we've been talking about thinking about how we think, I want us to understand that underneath this all is what we're trying to get to is peace. So let's go to Philippians chapter four. Again, I'm gonna just read it once again, four through nine. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near, he's near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, be, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. 
All right. So let's think about it, because we all need some peace. I remember our, uh, my daughter, Madison, when she was about four years old, um, subject came up of what to get, get mom for her birthday, and she said, I know what mom wants. She wants a piece of quiet. So we're all looking for that peace of quiet, right? That's what we want. We want to feel that peace. So here's Paul's prescription. And it's fairly simple, but at the same time, it requires something of us. So the prescription is really three things that he gives us here. The first one, verse, verse six and seven is, if you're, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, pray. So the first question is this, how's your prayer life? Are you having conversations with God? Regularly. Is it part of the fabric of your day? Wendy and I spend have a, built a habit, we pray together every morning. And we have specific prayers that we pray for. We have, we, in fact, every day we have, we have a rotating schedule of things that we pray for every weekday uh, for different things, and then we have things that we pray for every day. We pray for you, our auditorium family, family by family. We pray for for the ministries we support. We pray for third, we pray for our family. We, pray. we have a whole different set of people. We, have, we actually have some orphans in Eswatini, Africa that we pray for every morning. And uh, it's, yeah, so sweet. Anyway, when Wendy and I go to the lake, it's a four and a half hour drive. And, and a lot of times when we go to the lake, that's when we pray for a long time. Just pray for everything. Everything that comes to our mind. Pray together. There is a, there's, a, there's a discipline to prayer. And if we don't build that discipline into our lives, then we're going to struggle. Um, let's go to slide number I lost my slides here. Uh, slide number four. Let's look, look at the cross section again. Just remember this. Anxiety is outside in. We look out at the world, we hear things, we read, we listen to the news, we hear about climate change, that's what we said, or we see the, the camp photo of our child, and, and that creates an emotion of fear, insecurity, anxiety, so then our mind begins to spin and all of a sudden, really, our whole life kind of gets stuck in those top three layers there. When we have a discipline of prayer, what happens is it's, it is inside out. Because my heart, my soul, I am having conversations about what's going on in my heart with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit in his presence, and as I'm having those, I like, to, uh, I like to journal my prayers, I write, I do better with writing, I express myself better with writing, so a lot of times I, I write God a letter. <laughs> I've got a whole, I've got journals full of letters that I've written God. 
Because I, I, as I pour out my heart, I also, God is speaking into me his promises. So even this morning, as I was writing my prayer about my stressful week at work, God is reminding me about his promises, that he's with me, that I can trust him, that he's, he has promised me blessings, that he is not going to leave me or forsake me, that he has got this under control, and that this is all part and so as I'm pouring out my heart, God is pouring into me. And as I hear those, I acknowledge them and I start writing them out. You'll see in my journal sometimes I'll say so, and I know God, I know. I, I know I can trust you. <laughs> I know God that you've got this under control. And just in writing that, it begins now, I'm willfully doing a, I am willfully doing an act of conversation with God that is changing my mind which then as I am filled with those promises and getting this stuff out, all of a sudden my emotions begin to change because my focus is not on my anxiety or my fear or my stress. My focus is on, God, here this is, and I want to trust you for this. Prayer isn't just a one-way communication. It's two-way communication. And the more you pray, the more you learn that. I'm so thankful for our prayer ministry here at Third Church. Third Church has the, the most intense prayer ministry of any church I've ever worshipped at. And it's amazing. It's one of the reasons I think God has blessed this church so much. So learn. Learn from Steph and, and her team. Uh, participate. Practice. Try different things. Um, because prayer is actually a, it can be a plethora of ways you can pray. I, in the car this week, I had a, a drive, long drive. I turned off the music. I turned off the radio, turned off the podcast, and I sat in silence. And I prayed. I just pictured Jesus sitting right in the passenger seat. And in the quiet, we had a conversation. There's so many ways. Are you praying? And notice what Paul says here. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So petition is me acknowledging my need to God. God, I need some of your peace this morning. God, I really need your help with these crucial conversations I'm having at work. But then with thanksgiving, because the thanksgiving is then the acknowledging, it's like acknowledging the receipt. God, I have a great job. Lord, you have blessed me in my work for so many years. I am so blessed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And do you see that? I am not just bringing my need. I am also acknowledging all the blessing that I have. That can be a mind-altering process. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. If you ever just sit down and start thanking God for all of his blessings, it's amazing how grateful we need to be. That can change the way we think. It can change the way we feel in the moment, in those emotions. 
make your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, not as the world gives, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And one of the things as I pondered on this this, this week is, yeah, I felt some stress and anxiety about the things that were happening the last couple of weeks. But if I didn't have Jesus, if I didn't have prayer, if I didn't have board members who love me more than, and care about me more than they care about the business, if I didn't have a, a community of friends and loved ones who surround me, who care about me, who pray for me, who call me and text me and ask me, how's it go? How are you doing? What do you need? I'd be a mess. I might have anxiety disorder. I might be depressed and suicidal. And so it's not that I was completely absent of stress and anxiety this week. I'm human. But I can tell you this, that in the midst of it, all of those factors were guarding my heart, guarding my mind, and helping me get through the day. So we got to make prayer a part. No peace, maybe it's no prayer. No prayer, no peace. Second of the prescription, which is really what we focused on in this, in this whole series, is thought control. As, uh, again, mentioned a couple weeks ago, Paul said, we, I take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought captive. So, we've been thinking a lot about thinking about how we think. Um, one of the things that I do to control my thoughts, I have made a discipline in my life, doing it a long time. I spend on, usually every weekday, I am a morning person, so I get up in the first 90 minutes of my, of my day I spend in the quiet in God's word. I read, meditate, pray. I'm communing with the Holy Spirit while I'm reading. What do you want me to get out of this? I blog my thoughts. But what that does is every day I start my day thinking about this. I spend my day, the first 90 minutes of my day, concentrating on level four, kingdom of God stuff. That makes a difference every day. Because then, typically what happens is once Wendy, who's not a morning person, no, she's not, once I hear her up in the kitchen, I go down and we have breakfast together, we pray together, and then we want to be aware of what's going on in the world, so we typically read the news. We don't watch the news, because I find anymore, watching it is, a, 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 this is just me, but it's an attack on my senses. Everything is scrolling, everything flashing, big banners, people yelling at one another. Um, no, thank you. I think, I think I'll just read. 
on my iPad. So we don't listen. Typically, we don't watch. We simply read. And we have a couple of news outlets that we give us a nice balanced view of what's going on in the world that we trust. And we confine ourselves to a few minutes just kind of because we want to know what's going on. But I tell you what, even in that, there are mornings that, there are mornings that I just slam my iPad and go, I can't handle this. It's, it's be afraid, be very, very afraid. Everything's falling apart, everything's awful, everything's sensational. And sometimes I just have to turn it off. That's thought control. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have something playing in my AirPods every minute of the day. Maybe I should sit in silence more often. Maybe I should think about the things that I am putting in. Outside, in. Outside, in. So, what am I putting in? What am I allowing in? How am I letting it control me? Thought control. And then Paul says this. This is interesting. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. In other words, Paul saying, I do this. <laughs> These things that I just told you to do, that's what I do. And remember, he's sitting in prison. He, he's under house arrest. He has this Roman guard around him 24-7. He can't leave the house. He has to pay the rent, but he has no way of making money. He is not in a great circumstance in life. And yet, if you just go down a couple, a couple chapters later, he goes, I've learned to be content in all and every every in all circumstances content okay so where do you need to follow the example are we am i i'm trying to follow that example as well in my own life are you following the example are you, have you made steps to incorporate the things that Paul is talking about? And then he says, what's interesting, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Now here's what's fascinating. Because God is always present. That's scriptural. Can't go anywhere, you can't hide from God. You can't go anywhere where God isn't. Can't. He's always present. And for those of us who know Christ, and we have, we've, we have Christ, we've invited him into our hearts and lives to be our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is indwelling us. Holy Spirit is with us all the time, in every moment. So why don't we experience the peace. I think it's because most of the time 
Everything that we're experiencing in the world is a fog. It is. It's a fog. And I don't, ex I don't experience the presence because, because I'm not in prayer. I'm not connected. Inside, in my heart, in my soul, my mind, it, it, from the inside out, I'm not experiencing that presence. Prayer and thought control, getting our minds filled with the word of God, then what happens is it cuts through the fog. From the inside out, it cuts through the fog, and now I'm seeing the circumstances in a different perspective. And once that happens, it's like revealing the presence that's always been there. I just haven't seen it. You've always been here, God. I just haven't experienced it. So we have to learn. And I find it really interesting that when he goes down, and he says, I have learned to be content whatever my circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. Learned it. We have to learn, you guys. It's okay. You're not going to maybe do it perfectly right away. It's, it could be a lifetime of learning. My question for us today is, am I willing to take a step <laughs> in my prayer life? Am I willing to take a step towards controlling my thoughts so that I can learn to experience the peace of Christ? Whatever that looks like. And I realize we're all different in this room. We think differently. We're different. Some, again, Wendy's not a morning person. She is not going to get up. She, no, she's not going to get up to spend 90 minutes in quiet. Uh-uh. It's going to happen. She has to find different times for her to find that quiet and to find that connection. It's okay. We're different. We just have to figure out how, how to navigate it in the way that I think, in the way that I live, in my schedule, in my life, the things that are happening. So I don't want you to think that this, the thing about this prescription is it's not just like, okay, there's one way to do this. Paul is saying, no, pray. Lots of ways to pray. Control your thoughts. There's lots of ways you need to do that. So will you think about it? Will you think about how you think <laughs> and be willing to take one step. I'm going to ask the uh, team to come on up, and we're going to close in worship as we normally do. We've got uh, deacons and elders serving communion, so uh, you're welcome to come up as you are led and uh, partake of communion. We have prayer team members that will be praying. If you need some special prayer this morning, please feel free to come on up for some special prayer. Uh, to be prayed over. And uh, as we worship, may I ask us just to think about what step we might make this week in prayer and controlling our thoughts. Thanks.